First impressions aren't the most important thing. They're the only thing. At Ernie's Print Shop, we'll produce what you need to represent your company professionally. Right now, you can get 1,000 full-color business cards, 1,000 4x6 postcards, or a 3x5 banner for just $60. You choose. Check us out at Ernie'sPrintShop.com. Ernie's Print Shop. Over 50 years, one source, one solution. Ernie'sPrintShop.com. 502-969-8585. Being a victim of crime is no joke, but you do have options that can help you avoid becoming a victim. I'm Ed Springston of the My View Matters Radio Show, and on behalf of myself and co-host Ed Martin, I urge each of you to help us fight against crime. You can do your part by calling Crime Stoppers at 582 Clue. Since 1982, Crime Stoppers has helped get over 23,000 criminals off the street with your help. Working together, we can make a difference to take our streets back. Please call Crime Stoppers at 582-CLUE, or you can visit them online at www.582clue.com. Remember, Crime Stoppers always offers up to a $1,000 reward. Get involved and help make a positive change in your neighborhood. Thanks. Advertisers, here's a great way to reach a quality audience. Get heard on My View Matters and make some noise in the marketplace. Email myviewmatters at aol.com for advertising opportunities. Make a sound investment. So, I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, welcome once again to the Ed Springston Show, brought to you by the MVM Radio Network, home of edspringston.com. You can go for all the latest stories, podcasts, whatever we're out there promoting. While you are at edspringston.com, I would ask that you please do a few things. First and foremost, like the thousands of people before you, please join the email newsletter. We'll send you updates on a weekly or a monthly basis. Secondly, please join the RSS feed. Yes, we will send you copies of the podcast as well. And finally, donate, donate, donate. Brand new year, we've got a lot of things we need to get done and we could use your help. So please use the handy-dandy donate button right there on the edsprings.com website. In the meantime, call-in number is always 858-683-1326. For those of you in the listening queue, hit the number one on your dial pad. We'll get you on there as soon as possible. For everyone else, the live chat is now open. And you can reach me as well on Facebook, on uh, Messenger, at Ed Springston. So, with all of that being said, let's just get rolling. I hope you guys had a great vacation. Uh, two weeks without me and my voice ought to, ought to make you all excited to hear me again. And, uh, you know, so we'll let's get right to it. Mr. Martin, how are you? <clears throat> oh, I tell you what, two weeks, you got to get out of the groove for sure. So, it's a, yeah, it's I'm amazing. get back into it. I have no idea where you're going. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, this is the show. I never let you know. Yeah, two weeks, two weeks, and now they go. Ah, crap! What am I getting myself back into here? 
Well, you know, usually when we come back from getting on a holiday break like that, I kind of take it easy. I won't kill you tonight, but I'm going to make you think a little bit probably. Yeah, we'll get into the wall debate and the government shutdown as well. But right now, uh, some things going on. As we know, over the last two weeks, uh, MSD driver uh, <coughs> killed a local police officer on Christmas Eve. Um, initially, the driver, uh, what was really amazing about this was uh, Roger Burdett was the driver. And what's really amazing about this was that Tony Parrott of MSD had decided uh, that he was going to hire an attorney, prominent criminal defense attorney, David Lambertus, to represent Burdett. Um, and he went public with that right away, which was a complete shock to everybody, uh, including me. Uh, you know, MSD doesn't use our to pay for defense attorneys. One of their own people does something. It's their job to pay for that. So I was offended by it, upset by it. So was the Metro Council, and so were most of the people in the city. So Tony Parrott immediately uh, withdrew due to public backlash, withdrew uh, using David Lambertus as the attorney to represent for debt. For debt is now on his own. And uh, effective today, uh, David Lambertus, defense attorney, uh, asked to withdraw from the case because obviously he's not getting paid for it from MSD. And Roger Dead, of course, ain't going to be able to afford to pay this guy. This guy doesn't do anything unless he's getting paid outrageous sums of money. He sure as hell not going to do it because of the goodness of his heart. So, Dead is now basically uh, depending on a public defender or trying to come up with money to uh, defend himself. But he was under the influence. That's the thing. This is an MSD driver. Um, was under the influence. Um, he was arrested. Right away, he's uh, charged with murder. Uh, he admitted to taking multiple prescription drugs, uh, performed very poorly on a field sobriety test. Now, the only thing I don't know at this point, uh, we're waiting to find out, is toxicology. Uh, you know, multiple prescription drugs. Well, that doesn't bother me so much, uh, to be honest with you. It really doesn't. I mean, I take three or four prescriptions a day to control blood pressure and diabetes. So, you know, multiple prescription drugs are so generic in today's world, that's not really that big of an issue to me. But if he was drinking, uh, well, they, they, now uh, we've got a problem. Go ahead, Ed. Uh, the prescription drugs are, uh, I have, I've had DOT certifications myself, and I've, I've walked a lot. Break it. Of it, it it's breaking up, or i got some serious windows. Okay, well, hang on. Uh, okay. There hey, we go. Uh, that's better. I'll just come clean with it. My dog had to go pee, so I was standing out. <laughs> dog is fine. I'm just, no. Go ahead. I figured it was something like that, but I wanted to, we couldn't hear you, so go ahead. <laughs> there you have it, love radio. Yay. All right, there you go. Uh, the, uh, the thing is, is, is it even forklifts, much less big class one CDLs, and even just regular uh, DOT and, and lower class CDLs, uh, I can tell you, you're – you you are everybody. Everybody is restricted. If you if the bottle you've got says do not operate machinery, I don't care if it's Benadryl or if it's Oxycontin. You are one hundred percent correct. And and, and every every correct. business and, and every business and every supervisor, it's it is whether you know whether it's sometimes it's an impossible task, but it is their responsibility to know that. And it is employees' responsibility to let them know that. And I think that's why MSD made the first move to get Lambertus because they figured we're going to get out. You know, we got to figure something around this because MSD is on the hook 
huge for this. Because if this guy was on prescriptions and MSD did not enforce company policies, which I can assure you it's company policies because there's not an insurer or a a federal or state agency that will sign off on you saying, well, he functions pretty well when he's on pain meds or whatever. It's like, no, no. You're on them, you don't get a wheel. So. So, yeah, I, I can almost assure you that's why MSD was doing it. They were, it was just an ass-covering move from the very beginning because once this guy's guilty, and if MSD's paying his bill uh, for Lambertus and he doesn't have to do hard-hard time, eh, he right. might not roll over on MSD. All he's got to do right now is say, what? You know, okay, you know, uh, yeah, I was taking this, this, and this, and my super new. Well, that's the thing. You know, I, I probably use a very poor choice of words because you're 100% correct. I mean, it really depends on what prescription drugs are in your system. Um, you know, now my blood pressure medicine and my diabetes medicine have no warning labels on it for that stuff. Um, you know, so I'm comfortable, you know, driving, operating machinery or anything else within those. I don't really have any restrictions with that. Uh, but you're right. I mean, absolutely. There's a lot of people. Maybe he was taking Xanax or something, right? Uh, we don't know what it, what he was being treated for. But you're 100% right in the way you characterize that. And I want to make sure I put that out there because my, my words were probably a poor choice of words. And for that, I apologize to the audience and the family of Deidre Megadol. Um, you know, but this is interesting because Tony Parrott of MSD had initially retained this lawyer. Now, I get retaining a lawyer to represent MSD, but not the driver. Uh, of course, when he got all when he got all butthurt because everybody yelled at him for it, then he went and immediately backed off. Another interesting part of this is Assistant County Attorney Ingrid Geyser asked the judge to recuse the county attorney's office from this case over a conflict of interest concerns. And the reason that she says there's a conflict of interest is that the county attorney's office would represent the city in any civil action stemming from the crash. So you know. Uh, a lot of people initially thought that this meant the MSD worker was a city employee, and folks, that's not true. Uh, the city is LMPD. Uh, Deidre Megadote, if, if there is anything filed from Deidre Megadote or even LMPD filing to replace the car against this guy, right? Any, any damages that they took, and I know that sounds harsh, but, but that is an asset, right? Uh, then the assistant county attorney's office would represent the city. So for a lot of people, we're getting it backwards, thinking, well, they just didn't, you know, they, they think they're going to represent more. No, they do not. MSD is not considered a city function, even though the mayor appoints every damn board of director that they yeah. have. Yeah. Uh, you know, so as far as I'm concerned, it is a city um, entity, uh, but they like to play games with the wording on it. So I want to make sure I stress that, too. So Tom Wine, the Jefferson County Commonwealth Attorney's Office, rather, the Commonwealth Attorney's Office, Tom Wine, his office is handling the case. Uh, but that will be back in court Wednesday because we'll have a public defender by then, and we'll see what happens. But, you know, I mean, this is this is the thing. I mean, you know, the, the guy is working on Christmas Eve, obviously on the clock, you know, and, and I just don't get I, – I, I honestly think there's got to be more. Either the prescription drugs that he was taking were not prescribed to him, right? And believe it or not, folks, there's a hell of a lot of city employees, including cops, who buy illegal pills off the street. Uh, you know, I, I used to know some that did. I don't know them anymore because I don't want to know people like that. Uh, but, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people, cops, firemen, all these guys, they'll, they'll buy prescription drugs yeah. from somebody else to get their fix. So I don't know if these were subscribed to him, what they were, or if there was alcohol in the system. Anytime yeah. he picks alcohol, prescription well, medicine, it's a problem. End, 
And in the end, it doesn't really matter if, you know, because now, you know, having an illegal prescription drug is a, uh, that, right. that would be an additional offense, but that's the least of his problems. Right. Like I say, he, right. he did what he did. Is sober or, or wasted, it uh, doesn't matter. Right. He obviously made a mistake. He had a car with lights on. But he's in a, he's in a world of hurt, you know, and, and it gets worse if we find out he was, you know, it gets increasingly worse if we find out he was right. drunk or something like that, you know, and I don't, uh, I, I don't harbor that for him. I mean, he's got enough problems as it is. And he, in fact, right. he did what he did. Now, why he did it, um, yep. we'll find that out. And then, if there were, you know, the other, like you say, the other very important thing, because this this falls under things like OSHA and 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 you know, blanket insurance and all sorts of other stuff. Right. You know, and, and as to how a company is run, how is MSD run? Because I'm telling you, if this guy says, "Well, hell, my super new and." You know, and then it starts to go uphill. You know, all your super new, and maybe the other super says, "Well, my super new." You know, <laughs> right. that's the thing. If it's possible, he was just doing it, and he's keeping it on the down low, and and nobody knew. But that's really, and truthfully, that's kind of hard to believe. Because, like I say, we're in a small company. If a guy Steps on the nail over the weekend and he's come in and he's got like some sort of anti, you know, somebody torques your back and they got a muscle relaxer. Right. They know. I, I've had it happen <laughs> half the time. People come up to me and Absolutely. show me the bottle. And says, okay. Because on top of that, they want you to know. Because if perhaps they got hit with a random drug test, there better be a prescription for it. You know, if something shows up. That's but they want you to know. And as soon as they do, you say, okay, um, thank you. And, um, you don't get to operate any any equipment. You you know your your hand tool right. restricted until you're off of it. That's that's what management does. And what do you think? One way or the other, they got a really crappy drug testing policy, or you know, when they find out the guy has a history of traffic incidents, and it, it, you know that's that's the thing. Is MSD? You don't want to think your quasi-government agency will run like that, where they. You know, they, they they exist to protect themselves. But that's what they what's are. Going on I mean, that's and, and, and again, and again, I could I could be completely wrong, completely speculative. The guy could have been scoring stuff on the side and hiding it from everybody, and none of his coworkers right. knew or anybody. But like well, said, he gets going. Yeah, he gets going, and he's got nothing to lose if he fires off a, a data point like that. And so they all. Everybody knew, you know, like, oh, hell. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bring McAdam on in just a second, but I want to put this out real quickly because I know McAdam's going to have a lot to say here, but uh, he always does. But, you know, at at the end of the day, we lost uh, by all accounts a respected officer in Deidre Megadote, seven-and-a-half-year veteran of the police department. Uh, She left behind a nine-year-old son, uh, you know, and, and that's a tragedy. That's a tragedy in and of itself. But I do want to give one shout-out and say thank you throughout all of this. And I know it sounds kind of weird to use that kind of language, but, you know, this community really, really took this to heart. Um, the funeral procession, the, the, the route that they took and everything else, it wasn't just police officers. There were all kinds of police officers there to, uh, you know, to, to witness the, the uh, route of Deidre Megadot's uh, funeral procession, but there were also, you know, 
hundreds, if not thousands, of civilians in this community who lined that route as well, who stood up to pay their respects. And, you know, so you got to give a shout-out to the state police who came in and took over policing duties. Um, So that the LMPD officers could get free. And give a shout-out to the civilians of this community who showed uh, with pride that, you know, the police are a part of this community as well. We had all this backlash with officers being targeted and all the other stuff, but this community really stood up as one. And I think they all deserve a great thanks and, a, and some appreciation for that. You know, in a tragic situation like this, to see the community come together, that to me was a positive sign for the future. And I was very grateful to see that, as much bad stuff as we talk about. So I just wanted to put that out there. Let's bring in Mr. McAdam. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm just fine. Uh this was a this was a tragic situation. Obviously, a very we lost a very good police officer. Uh, as you can imagine, this is this this case is being much discussed over at the courthouse between the police oh, sure. and the judges and the prosecutors and so forth. The fact I ran into David Lambertus in court today, uh, he was withdrawing from the case in favor of the right. of the public defender. Uh, and David's a very good lawyer, and and uh, this man's going to need a good lawyer. Apparently. What happened, from the best I can gather, is is that the police officer didn't really stop this car for a traffic violation. Uh, the story that, that I got from a couple of police officers is is the original call was the car was broken down, and she was she was on an errand of mercy. She had stopped to rest aid. Yeah. She oh, was right. assisting him, and she was parked behind him. If if right. she had not been parked behind him, the truck conceivably would have hit the the, the car and killed the, the the inhabitants of that car. So, so so I mean she she truly was heroic in in what she did. Um, wow. The other information that I've received is that this the, the driver of the truck was an employee of MSD and was mm-hmm. being treated for uh, a medical condition. And the employer knew about it, <clears throat> and knew oh, about it, and knew that he was uh, uh, taking this medicine, and he had asked for the day off, uh, particularly because it was Christmas Eve. But he said right. he didn't feel well, and they said, "No, you got to worry. If you take off, you're going to be fired." So, so there's a little bit of, of of indication that there might be some guilt on the part of MSD. Oh, now, that's that, true. There's that, all kinds of guilt on MSD. I know from the business world, if you've got an employee that hey, they can come up to you, they can be on meds and say, you know, this kid, you don't operate machinery or drive vehicles or something. And even if 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 they beg you to do it, I'm fine, I'm good. If you let them do it, you're toast. You know, that's well, that, that, you're, you're exactly, that warning, you're that exactly warning, right. That's a yeah, that warning overrules everything. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm coherent. Right. I don't care. It's in your system. Give right. me the key. You know, you don't you don't get you don't get the keys to the vehicle. But in any event, the difference between uh, a terrible accident that, that may involve negligence and murder, which which requires an in an intent, uh, right. is the amount of intoxication. Now we have we have measurable standards when it comes to alcohol. Uh, we have the .05, we have .08, we have different right. levels, and where we have arbitrarily said 
that this, if if you have this amount of blood alcohol by weight uh, in your blood system, you are legally intoxicated. Now, it is arbitrary because uh, a big heavy man with a lot of blood uh, can have four or five beers and and still be in pretty good shape, whereas a small woman that has two beers probably shouldn't be driving a car. So so it's not it's not a hundred percent accurate, but it's the law. Right. It's the best we can come up with. When you come to things like 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 painkillers, there's no measurable standard, and so you get into a swearing contest between toxicologists about how mm-hmm. much how much. Uh, how much Demerol should you take before, can you take before you shouldn't uh, operate uh, a vehicle? Or what if you take a Demerol for the pain or an Oxycontin before you go to bed and then you get up the next morning? How much of it is still in your system? Can you drive to work? Uh, what about other types of painkillers? There's all sorts of drugs on the market, and there is no, no. legal there is no legal standard no. as to what intoxication is. As you said, a person can assume their own risk if they're going to drive to work. Sure. Uh, from, the employer, from the employer's perspective, it is zero tolerance. If you are oh, actively in the midst of a prescription. You're absolutely right there. It is yeah. zero tolerance when it comes to the employer. Absolutely. But here's the other thing. They gave him a field sobriety test right after he'd had a head-on collision, okay? Now, I don't yeah. know about you, but but I've had a couple of wrecks, and when I get out of the wreck, stone sober, I can't walk. You know, if you bump your head, right. the airbag blew up. Who knows? Right. Who knows how accurate that was? Obviously, the police that arrested this guy were were very upset with him because they had seen one of their fellow officers literally burned to death in in a in a tragic explosion well, think, of her car. I think. I, mean, I think was, that there's an argument to be made. I think that there's an argument to be made that the charges need to be downgraded for murder. Uh, it's really going to depend well, on intent, I, it, how much they're in the system. But here's the question, though. It depends on the toxicology it. report. It depends well, on. Well, I get that. I get what that. The but here's the thing. Say. Right. You just said, but you just said we we have a defined toxicology level for alcohol, but not necessarily for drugs. You know, right. and, and if that's the case, and here's the thing, we've known about. You know, you mentioned oxycontin as one of your examples. But we had all the problems with oxycontin, overdoses, and taking too much oxycontin. We know the heroin epidemic and everything else. It seems a lot of times when we see these these toxicology report, results come back, when it's just drugs only, they can generally tell if you took enough to kill yourself, but they can't generally tell if you took enough to maintain. Why is it that we can't find a way to find to find a standardized way to to well, deal with the drugs? You, you do say you first do run you, you, well, you run into issues there because I've I've known a number of that. You, you run into issues of tolerance. There, there are, there are, you know, Absolutely. it's just like the, it's just like we the run fentanyl. into that with alcohol there, too. There though. are people there. Well, I mean, it's just like the fentanyl. There are people who can function and act completely normal under fentanyl because their their dopamine and everything else are so out of whack that they function with it somehow. The same amount. Touching your skin will kill you. So, so you know it's it's hard to tell, but that's what I say. But but in the world of employment, where he was, you know, in the world of of CDL commercial driver's licenses, the limit is zero. I can tell you I this with a, no with I no reservation. A, I oh, I understand if that. You, I've, 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 I've been, been if you if you I've had, had employees as well. I get that. 
I get that. I'm just kind of curious yeah. why it's so hard for us to come up with a defined level for toxicology compared to alcohol, because even alcoholics well, because build up it, tolerance. Because, because it's different, like, like like Ed says, it's different for different people. I had a client, a lady, uh, who, who took an Ambien to help her sleep one night, and mm-hmm. she got up in the middle of the night, put her house coat on, got her car keys, and they found her parked in the middle of a railroad track out in out in J-Town. And, and just some kids happened to see her in the car and dragged her out just as the train came along and knocked her car halfway halfway to Bullitt County. Wow. Uh, and, and, uh, and she ended up getting sued by the, by the railroad <laughs> for the damage to, done to the train. But, but she has no idea how she got there or, or what, what happened. I mean, yeah. this, this, this is an effect that, that affects uh, some people, but, but not everybody. And, and there's no way that they can predict. And so they yeah. originally had her charged with, with uh, uh, impaired driving. With, with right. intoxicated driving, and I was able to convince the court that she was just following the doctor's uh, orders, and and she she didn't intend to drive the car. She was she yeah. was essentially sleepwalking, is what it amounts Sleep to. Sleepwalking. Yeah. I mean, why, well, why would a why, why would yeah. a woman? And, people, uh, and some people can take Ambien and it doesn't put them asleep. They won't lose that's, that's right. Right. Nothing happens. That's right. Yeah. So, so that's right. the problem. Well, the other thing I wanted and, to mention is. is the fact that a lot of people got all bent out of shape because MSD offered to pay for his criminal representation. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of self-styled experts were saying that this was illegal and unheard of and unprecedented, and that's no. not true. When I represented the Louisville Police Department, uh, now remember, we had a separate law department back then. This was before merger, and so we had a law department representing the city that was different than the county attorney. So we didn't have that conflict of interest. The law department never prosecuted cases. The county attorney's office prosecuted cases. And we would get police officers that would get into trouble from time to time. Uh, People would take warrants out for them. And we had kind of a rule of thumb that if it was something that happened off-duty, like he got in a bar fight or he beat up his wife or or some kind of Mm -hmm. domestic violence thing, Mm -hmm. we would not represent him. He was on his own to to hire his own lawyer. But if it was on the job where somebody he arrested took a warrant out for him for excessive force or something like that, even even if it looked like there might be some evidence that that he maybe used excessive force – our job was to try to get him out of it, to represent him, and and number two, try to make sure the city didn't get sued, or if they got sued, that it was settled for a fair amount. Now, if in the process of the investigation, the internal up. affairs people rule okay. that he had used excessive force, then he would be disciplined for it. But but the criminal part, the idea of hiring hiring uh, uh, lawyers to represent government employees charged with crimes is is a real tricky area and there's plenty but of But MSD is not of, a government employer. Well, yeah, it is a, it is technically it's what's called a body politic. It is it is a creature of statute and it's it's not the city government, it's not the county government, it's not state government, but it is a government entity. In other words, they're still covered by things like the hat tax and stuff like but, that. But, but they but they claim that they're not a government entity. The mayor will tell you they're not a government entity, even well, though he even though he, appoints, even though he appoints even though he appoints every board member and he controls they're, everything they're about created, it. They're created by the legislature. Anything created by the legislature is a government entity. Uh, Thank I mean, you. Uh, 
Well, no, that's I mean, why it I've been is. Fighting, it, but that's why I've been fighting for 50 where, where years. Do they get their, where do they get their money? They get their money from taxation, right? And, and well, what well, they call it user no. fees, but it's a, it's a tax. Right. And and so yes, we have we have an interest in how that money. I mean, the taxpayers have an interest in how that money is spent. It's not a private company. Their records aren't private. They're subject to to open records and uh, uh, and and public disclosure of of their meetings and so forth. But by the same token, it is not necessarily out of line for them to offer uh, this driver. Uh, uh, reimbursement for crim- for a private attorney to represent him on the criminal okay. thing. They got scared off because they got the mayor got mad and the and the, and the, and the metro council got mad. Everybody got mad, but but it right. wasn't it wasn't that that of of an unusual circumstance. There's precedent for it. But, but it's causing a lot of trouble. The there, there, there's no question it's causing a lot of trouble. Oh yeah, absolutely. I got to bring mail in real quick. Mail before you say anything though. What this did, though, it did open the door to making them define exactly what MSD is, which is what I've been trying to make them do for 15 years. Mayo, go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, number one, tragic accident. You know, and, you know, like you said, the representation of the community was awesome for the officer. But this just brings back to mind, and I can't remember how many years ago, uh, Operation, if I remember right, it was Operation Brightside Drivers, and I can't remember if it was WDRB or LKY, whoever did the uh, report on it, but they showed Operation Brightside drivers with the big drunk dump trucks stopping at the liquor store and having liquid <laughs> lunches. And it yeah, was that was on film. Long. Yeah, I remember that it as well. Was on film, and there was never anyone fired, let go, <laughs> or anything else. I seem to just remember, oh, they offered counseling or something. Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, I mean, this didn't happen with one of them, but still. You know, well, look at two years ago. I mean, what, two years ago? Well, what was it, two years ago? Uh, the Tumbleweed restaurant before they closed? Yeah. Down on the river? You heard well, that. Yeah. That woman and, and, and a city officer with his truck or his car out of the damn parking lot, drunk on his shit, uh, leaving Tumbleweed did, 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 and, and screwing each other in a parking lot. Parking lot. Yeah. Mike, what was his name? Mike Heisman or something like that? And he had been yeah. caught. And he had been caught before drinking and driving. It wasn't supposed to be driving anyway. But the city kept him on and let him do his thing. You know, they they knowingly allowed this guy to be a drunk driving a vehicle. You know, this is not an unusual thing. Yeah. Uh, it's unusual no, that, 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 we, that we have to report a tragedy like again, this. Again, you get, yeah, and Mills, you get, you get into the, the private, the public-private thing. It's, again, in the private sector, if, uh, I don't, I'm not sure what the limit is now, but you got a CDL, you drive in the private sector, it doesn't matter what you're driving, or it does. Even if you get pulled over in a personal vehicle or on a motorcycle and you blow, and I mean, it's like half of half of what the, the legal limit is, you lose your CDL. You know, they, they right. just take it away from you. Absolutely. You, Absolutely. You, and, and, and any business will do that to you. If you, if, you know, when you, when you go to write on your insurance, who are your insured drivers? They do a background check. They see any, you know, more than a couple traffic violations and God forbid a DUI or something. You don't get it. Uh, if you have a drug conviction, you have a hard time getting an employer. An employer probably not going to give you anything, even if you're clean for X amount of years. You got to you got to get a lot of room between that. Yet, yeah, like the city, they can. Oh, absolutely. And these 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 quasi government agencies, they just bend the rules. And and like I say, this guy to me, I after hearing what what 
that he may have tried to beg off for tonight. Said I didn't, you know, the day I didn't feel good. Uh, I'm, you know, I'm sick. I'm taking meds, and they said get in or get fired. It almost, almost makes me feel bad for the guy. It's just like this guy right. didn't. It sounds like he didn't want to be driving. He sounds like he maybe knew he shouldn't be driving. He made you feel bad. The big truck, you know, if you're just tired and sick, don't drive. <laughs> you know, this is not these right. are big destructive things. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, like I say, I, I feel terrible for the officer, and it's oh, unbelievable trauma for the for the for the for the kid. I mean. This is oh, yeah, that's forever never never get over. You know, that's just, oh, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. But, but now this guy, never be able to enjoy Christmas. this guy, and I don't, and I'm not going to, certainly not going to take his side, but I'm also not going to judge him right now. If this guy tried to beg off and, and told his supers that maybe he was on some kind of meds for something, that, and they said, get in or get fired, then he is a victim. I got that information. I got that information from a police officer, and and I, you know it's not verified, and yeah. it, it may be it may well, be, it will be, it no, will be nothing I more than a rumor. All, all I'm saying is yeah. there's a lot more evidence that's gonna gonna come out on this case, and and mm-hmm. don't don't anybody rush to judgment until you find out what all the facts well, are. I'm not rushing. Yeah, to I don't think I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to really, rush to judgment. I mean, I'm more. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to rush the judgment. I'm, I'm more interested in the questions. You know, was there alcohol involved? Was it purely prescription drugs? Were there prescription drugs assigned to him? Did did he buy prescription drugs from somebody that wasn't him? Uh, you know, because that happens every day. I know police officers that do it. People, other different people that have done it in emergency services, they do it all the time. Uh, you know, so I'm not I'm not judging him. I want to know well, the answers. Those I mean, are the questions I have. Yeah, no, and, you know and those I mean? are those are questions that will come out. But to me, the most important question. Is did he try to beg off? Did yeah. did he say he didn't well, want I that agree. wheel? That's what that's what I refer to it. If, if he says I don't want the wheel, I feel like shit. I don't I, I don't think I should be driving. I'm taking ugh, whatever Xanax or I'm you know yeah. I'm, I'm taking a I'm taking a, a muscle relaxer because I'm down in the back. You know if it's something like that, right. and his supervisor said get in and or, or get, get fired. fired. Well, that 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 doesn't then, legally then, then, completely then, alleviate then. his his criminal liability, but it certainly mitigates no, no, no. it considerably. No, no. Oh, absolutely. I don't think I don't think murder yeah. charge is going to hold up. No. I don't think if if any if any of the courthouse rumors that are going around you're talking about, I don't think murder charges will stand. I mean, they're probably going to plead this thing down to manslaughter anyway. Uh, typically, they would in that situation, to my knowledge. McAdam, you can tell me if I'm wrong, uh, no, but I don't right. think a murder charge is going to stand up. It's going to be plea bargained down. Uh, you know, McAdam, you ought to call the guy and represent him. I know you like to do that shit for free. Uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, he's, he's got, a, he's got a competent public defender to represent him, so he's he's going oh, to be you okay. Go. Oh, there you go. So somebody's getting $50 I think he, an hour. I think he would, um, he would have been better off with David Lambertus, but the public defenders do a good job. You know, they'll 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 give him a check. Well, Lamb, yeah, Lambertus ain't going to do anything unless he can buy a new yacht or something. I mean, that's just the way it is. But, uh, you know, that's Lambertus all the way. Actually, Actually, uh, he's not. He's expensive, but he's not that expensive because I know a couple of people that have been defended by him, and he's, you know, he's, he's, there's some good value there. I'll just say that. Well, I get all that. I get all that. Um, you know, but but then we've got another side of this. So this happens Christmas Eve, and uh, yesterday morning, 
228 in the morning, somewhere around there, 230. Felton Spencer, former oh, UFL yeah, basketball player. Yeah. Felton Spencer. Bellerman coach. Assistant coach. Assistant coach for Bellerman's men's basketball team. Gets yeah. arrested for driving under the influence. Now, he's found asleep in the driver's side of his Ford Expedition at a Thornton's gas station in Prospect. So this is Oldham County. All right. But Spencer has a plastic cup of ice in it when the police woke him up. He said he just come from his house and fell asleep at the gas station. The cup had Crown Royal in it, he admitted to. He also admitted to drinking three glasses of Crown Royal at the house before he left. All right. So he's drunk driving, clearly. Um, so he's arrested uh, for under the influence, obviously, DUI, possessing an open beverage container. And here's the thing. The other thing he was arrested for was driving with a suspended or revoked license. Now, usually when you have a suspended or revoked license in a situation like this, correct me if I'm wrong, Mr. McAdda, but typically that means you probably have some DUI charges hanging on you right now. You're, you're, right. you're going through your time. You're going through your time until your suspension is up. So they don't suspend your license for having a headlight out. Absolutely not. So here he is, uh, appears, uh, appears. I, I don't have access to his records, so I understand this is speculation in the liberals' minds. But, you know, it appears he has had previous DUIs or DWIs. Less than two weeks after this tragedy on Christmas Eve, he doesn't get the message. He's driving on a suspended license, which means if he did hit somebody, the insurance probably wouldn't pay off. Well, they might, but they don't have to because he has a suspended license, right? So he's violated the law. All these different things add up. How is it that this guy is an assistant coach of Bellarmine who has a history of DUI from, from, from the obvious looks of it, and he's still an assistant coach there? Why? Because he's felt the Spencer. I mean, okay. uh... There you go. Uh, there you go. You know, I, I, I just, these things boggle my mind, to be real honest with you, is if you, if you don't drink and drive. I mean, I've gotten, you know, I, I can have a drink and drive, but my wife doesn't drink, so I got it made. You know, I start feeling a little tipsy. Right. It's just like, you're driving, you're driving, I'm texting, <laughs> you know. You know, I very, I'm gonna, very... Uh, but I very rarely just, drink just, it all these days. I've never believed in drinking and driving. No. I very rarely drink it all no. these days. I've gotten older, kind of outgrew the party shit. If I go out, the most that I have anywhere I go, and I'm usually where I'm at for four or five hours, is one beer yeah. or one shot. Yeah. Never both. Just one or the other. One is all I take. Because no. I know I'm not going to get yeah. in with that. That were cheap bastards. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm just not going to go out and drink it. At four dollars a beer, it's just not going to happen. So, yeah, I don't know where but, you're going, but I get but my beer thing, cheaper than that. But <laughs> uh, well, I, I like I like I like tennis too. But uh, but uh, you know, and here's I don't know, and I'm not going to judge on a wise license suspended or you know the, well, as but, the but old redneck joke. Suspended or revoked? Well, I'm just saying, there's an old redneck joke. Cop pulls the guy over and says, "Jack can barely stand up," and he says, "Yeah." Have you had something? Have you had anything to drink? And the guy says, "Yep, two beers." And he barely stand up. And the cop just looks at him and says, "Exactly how thick were those beers?" You know. So you got to. This is the thing when I hear Felton Spencer passed out. This guy has got to go what seven foot, three hundred and fifty pounds. Sure, and that's at least four drinks how that much, he had. How much 
how much does it take to knock you out in your front seat of your car? Well, I tell you what, let, let's do this. Let's that. do As this. Thomas was saying earlier, oh, a 105-pound woman, yeah, it, 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 a double is going to put her, you know, might, might. But, I mean, you've got three hundred. Mr. McAdam, you drink Crown Royal, more. right? Huh? I beg your pardon? You drink Crown Royal, right? Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Well, somebody does. I'm just thinking here. The plastic cup was a solo cup. I'm 100% sure of that, you know, or at least the equivalent of it. So you've got a solo cup, and he's drinking Crown Royal over ice. He had at least three glasses of Crown Royal, according to the to the reports, plus the wine that was in his car that was left in it was ice. So that's four. Um, you know, now... I know the difference between a shot and a glass. If these things are full of Crown Royal, even over ice, you're looking at at least five or six shots of glass on an eight-ounce cup. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Oh, easily. So you're talking but about 15, 20 shots. And then I'm wondering, well, well, I mean, the thing is, though, his, well, his, his license solo cup is 16 ounces, ain't it? Uh, think, yeah, I think it is. But the thing is, it's 12 or 16, but the thing is, you look at this, he's already got a suspended or revoked license. He's an assistant coach on a prominent basketball team with Bellarmine, right? And, and you've got to start asking yourself, how many times have you showed up to games drinking, drinking in the locker room or anything well, else that well, the coach everybody else know about yeah, that just that, put Bellarmine on the hook? Right, that's purely speculative. I mean, I, say, I, I hope the best for the guy. I hope if he's got a problem, I hope he gets it fixed. But I say just a pure just a pure – Biological and, and and chemical end of it. It's like, wow, how much, how much, how much can a three hundred and fifty pound man drink? It's just, you know, well, there you go. And, and you can, and, and I just look at the. I gotta wonder the cops get him out of the car. He's like, oh, you're a big one. <laughs> and holy hell, <laughs> it's, like, it's just a right. Yeah, you know, he's a huge. He's a large, large man. But you know, I hope the best for him. But. Glad nobody got hurt, but yeah, it does show incredibly poor judgment if, if it if it pans out to be as such. And you know, always seemed like a nice, always seemed like a, a kind of a decent guy. Always through his career and everything else. Uh, I hate to well, see you it. know, you hate to see it, especially this close on the on the heels of a of a of an accident that may or may not involve alcohol or intoxication. Right. It's just you know, according I, to I his arrest report, he weighs. 385 pounds, uh, according to the arrest report. I've got it here in front of me. It's just, you know, when, when do you learn your lesson? You've had your driver's license yeah. suspended or revoked. I know it's for DUI. I'm 100% sure of that. You know, maybe somebody will prove me wrong, well, but I doubt well, it. That's typically well, the case. Not, not I doubt it. That's typically the case. Well, okay. In my, opinion, in my opinion, it's that. All right, we'll there go there. Go. I don't care about that, but I but I'm fairly sure I'm right. All right, you want to give me 100 percent? Fine, I'll take 95. But but the interesting thing is, I mean, that's typically when you get your driver's license suspended or revoked. You don't get it for a ticket, a headlight out, or, or you know, tags that are expired. It's always something like that, you know. So he's clearly had trouble at least once, probably twice before. Uh, when you get to the suspension or revocation, you you've been in you've been in front of the courts before for this shit. I'd love to see his arrest record, but. You look at all of this stuff, and he's a prominent coach with Bellarmine. You know, when we talk about the MSD driver, and we now talk about Felton Spencer, I understand Felton Spencer was not on the clock. All right? 
But does does Bellerman have any issues if he's driving home from a ball game drunk that he just coached in? Do do they have culpability there? So is Bellerman now no, taking not a, a not if they, belt not, Spencer no, on a payroll? Not if they not if they didn't serve him. Well, no. okay. Guy goes okay. out in the I parking mean, lot and has it tur- tips a bottle up in his car on his time after he's not engaging in. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's and, true. And then Bellerman's, Bellerman's not telling him. You know, they're not telling him, hey, will you call in and say, I don't feel good. I don't think I should be driving. Bellerman's not calling him up saying, will you get in and retire, which, which well, is what we may there. have on the other end. Yeah. You got a point there. You got a point there. All right. But these things, you know, it, it's alarming to me to somebody of that prominence, especially after we went through, you know, Christmas Eve, the death of Officer Deidre Megadote. Uh, you know, we went through that for a week, you know, leading up to the funeral and everything else being done correctly. And proudly by this by this community, I'm telling you, I'm really proud of this community for stepping up. I really am. But you know, in a tragic situation. Um, but you look at all of this, and here you got somebody, the prominence of Felton Spencer, getting caught just a few days later. That just bothers me. It really does, especially when he works for, you know, Bellarmine well, or, or City or anything else. And like you said, it you just don't, bothers. We, you don't. We, we don't. Yeah. Well, it does. It is bothersome. You don't know the story. I mean. Uh, like I say, if he's if he's got a problem, I hope he gets help for it. If he's got a problem, that explains a lot because it's not a, uh, you know, if if he has a problem, you know, a lot of times you're not rational. You're not, you, you, you know, there's a control issue or, or lack That's of. That's true. Therein. So I, you know, I don't think I don't think there's anything malicious going on here. I just like I say, if he's if he if he's hopefully. Oh, I don't. I don't think. I don't. Well, you know, the yeah. fact. The fact that he knows he's got a suspended or, or a revoked license and makes that choice to drink and drive anyway, uh, that, that, that to me is intent. You can say whatever you want to about being impaired, but that to me is intent. Oh, he knew yeah. that before oh, he took yeah. that even, first even drink. If you, even if you're you know, stone cold sober and you're just like, hell, screw it, I'm driving, I don't care, I'll roll the dice. And see. Yeah, absolutely. 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 If absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I admit, I admit freely that I, that I do remember one night in my life I was fortunate. I was working a church function in, in my neighborhood, about three blocks from home, and I had one too many, and I drove home. That night, this was, shit, probably 30 years ago, I drove home three blocks from this church function. I was running the bar for a wedding, and I was about half shit-faced. I ain't kidding you, but that one night scared the shit out of me. There wasn't nobody on the road. I was in the neighborhood driving home, and in my neighborhood, particularly at that time, nobody parked on the street, so that wasn't an issue. Um, but I drove home impaired. I know I was impaired. And, you know, it bothered the hell out of me. <laughs> well, it bothered the hell out of me, and I never did it again. I refused to do it again because I realized the mistake I made, and I, and I, I refused to ever allow myself in that position again. And I never have been. That was 30 years ago. You know, so I admit it's easy to do one time. Sometimes you just misjudge. But when it's habitual, then that's something that, that, that really is, is you know, yeah. everybody makes a mistake. Much. But the habitual get stuff help. is what bothers yeah. it to me. Absolutely. Get the get help point, and get, get it straight. Get absolutely. Absolutely. And it appears to me Felton Spencer needs help. That's all there is to it. Uh, let's move on to a couple of political things other than MSD and death. This has been one of those, you know, one of, one of those shows that's really depressing. Um, but, but here's some good news in the state of Kentucky. Yes. New state unemployment data shows that there are, Kentucky has 120 counties, for those who don't know. Every county in Kentucky has less than 10% unemployment. 
It is the first time since October of 2000 that Kentucky has had single-digit unemployment for all of its counties. Um, that's incredible. That's incredible. Uh, 107 counties had a decrease in unemployment. Nine counties had a slight increase of unemployment. But all 120 counties in Kentucky are less than 10% unemployment. Now, for those who think that Matt Bevin is doing a bad job, explain that to me. I'm no fan of Matt Bevin. I've made that very, very clear many times on this show. But what he has been doing as governor, I think, has been a very good job. I think he needs to figure out how to sell what he's packaging, just as I do Donald Trump. But I think he's doing a very good job as Kentucky governor, and I think this is proof of that. You know, you look at what Trump's doing on a national level. Uh, the unemployment rate is so low and everything else. You look at what's happening now in Kentucky. You know, you can make a case that conservative businessmen know how to make a, know how to make an engine run. So I saw these numbers, and I was very impressed by that, Ed. How about you? Well, I, I like, as is, uh, in most cases, I like the job Evans doing. As far as Trump, I think he's just following a trajectory that's been in place. And, of course, on national, politics, national economics, I'm, gonna, I'm always going to not give as much credit or blame to a president as I am demographics, technological advances, uh, Monetary policy and things like that, uh, you know, international treaties. It, yeah, I mean, Trump hasn't wrecked it yet. <laughs> it's usually, there's a president right. can do that. I don't give much credit to a president because there's, there's, there's really and truthfully so very little they can do to, to actually affect the economy. It's more a Federal Reserve thing and a, and a congressional Congress legislation spends the money and, and drops the regulations or adds them, one of the two. Uh, as far as Bevin, yeah, I mean, he's definitely got the state on aggressive footing. I've, I've actually been to one of his breakfasts where he, he spoke of, of how he sells the state. And he's, you know, I, I do wish he would <laughs> he, he, needs a, he needs a better handler, <laughs> you know, just, just like no some doubt. of stuff. When they, get, when they catch him at the wrong moment, uh, you know, and when he goes off script, he shares opinions that he probably shouldn't share, and then you can't take them back. Can't unring the bell. So I, I wish he would. I wish he was a little smoother. But you know, he's he's a he's a brass get her done kind of business guy. And dare uh, I say it, you know, unlike Trump, Bevin really did build the companies up. You know, the, his, he he made his money. Trump, uh, you know, had a hell of a head start. Bevin's family business was on the rocks. I think Bevin's a brilliant businessman, and I think he's doing a, you know, a, a good job for the state. I just wish, you know, it's just so it'd be so much better if he if he could just take back maybe ten things he said. You know, the, the child right. being molested when the teachers were out, or you know, these these people don't <laughs> they just don't get it kind of things. It's like oh my god, if we could just get those back, nobody would even run against him. But, right, you know. He, He's got some missteps, but I think the, the big picture, he's got Kentucky for the first time in a long time, maybe as long since John Y. Brown. He's got us on, a, on an aggressive economic footing, and I, I think that's good. Now, the pension could wreck it all, but we'll see where that goes. Yeah. 
Adam Edlin, of course, made his announcement today uh, that he is now going to run a Democratic primary. Of course, his running mate is going to be Jill Holland. What a joke. What a joke. And, and he starts this thing by declaring that climate change is real and the state can produce thousands of jobs by investing in renewable energy sources. Now, here's the thing. Adam Edlin, Andy Bashir, all right, this, this is all the Bashir mafia in play. Andy, obviously, because of his dad, you know, uh, Adam Edlin was the chief of staff to, to Steve Bashir yeah. at one point. Um, you know, and, and this guy has went off the deep end, as far as I'm concerned, since he lost his job as state auditor. Uh, I really don't know what to say about him anymore, because uh. the guy that everybody thought they knew then has turned out to me to be a whack job. And, of course, he's running with another whack job, Jill Holland, whose biggest claim to fame is, you know, I'm a government daggone um uh, dependent person because everything he's got has been built with his wife's money, who happens to be, you know, one of the Browns, the Brown family, um, you know, and government subsidies on everything that he does. So he's never really made any money. Oh, he comes across like he has because of all the things that he supposedly has, 21C or Nulu or whatever the hell it is, right? All these different things. But Gil Holland is in that job. He couldn't even win a daggone Metro Council race against a, gov- against a guy who never had a job. He worked for his daddy, too. So, you know, I don't think I think this is one of the worst things I've ever seen is them get into this race. But it's going to be interesting to see Bashir versus Bashir, which is essentially Little Andy versus Adam Edelin. Um, Gil Holland uh, being a running mate, which is a joke to me. Uh, and then you've got Rocky Atkins, uh, the minority floor leader, um, the House minority floor leader, and Jeff Young, of course, who has run for governor before. It's going to be interesting to watch this Democratic primary because I don't think any of these guys have a brain between them. Uh, that's the gospel truth. I really don't. I think they're all nut jobs. Um, you know, but what's going to be fascinating is to see which one of them emerge and that actually thinks they can beat Matt Bevin. Everybody thinks that Adam Edlin or Andy Bashir can beat Matt Bevin, but I don't see that, especially when you're sitting out there taking, yeah. making your whole focus, climate change is real, and we're going to invest in renewable energy. Matt Bevin has brought millions, billions to this daggone state <laughs> since he took over as governor. He has created jobs out the wazoo, which is why unemployment is less than 10% in every county in Kentucky. Uh, this is a direct reflection of Republican leadership. So if the old saying is true, it's the economy stupid. Is Matt Bevin really in trouble by any of these clowns? Uh no, I, I don't think so. And I, I, I'll tell you my early prediction. Uh, just you know, this is way before the horse race starts. I think Rocky Atkins is going to win because I think, I think uh, you talked about Joe Holland and 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 Elon. Right. I'm just all, all Elon. I just qual- I mean, if he wins, oh good lord, yeah. But I'm thinking <laughs> my, my my thought process goes as follows. He was a state auditor. Right. The whole time our pension was, as I made the joke the other day, our pension, our state public pensions were sinking like a coal barge on the McAlpin dams. Right. Uh, and he's the state auditor. And what did he say? How hard did he sound in? He didn't do one damn thing about it. So, right. So my my take on that is is like okay. So let me get this straight. The guy who was the state auditor, while our pension was bleeding out, mm-hmm. while we were paying in hedge funds to lose money, and we were, you know, bribes were going off all over the place. Uh, 
yeah, like I say, this, this arrow, arrow hitch, arrow, whatever fun that they were doing that's now defunct. And, uh, while all this was going on, you were the auditor. Right. Now you want to be the governor. Um, no, thanks. Nope. No. But you no, know, but, so, but isn't that you know, the same thing? You know, that's, that's, that's like saying, hey, you know, hey, I couldn't pass a forklift test. Right. Give me an 18 wheeler. No. Right. And Not look at what Andy Bashir has done. Yeah, and look what Andy Bashir has done with pensions as well. He's the attorney general. Yeah. We, know, we, we know about the corruption and everything else in the pension system. You can thank Chris Toby for that. And, folks, I really strongly recommend you look at both of his books, Kentucky Fried Pensions 1 and 2. But Chris Toby puts all this out there. We can prove all the corruption and all the, all the side deals and backroom shit that was going on, mm-hmm. all done by Democrats, all done by Bashir people. You know, and, and none of these people were ever brought to justice because Andy Bashir has spent the last, uh, this, this whole term doing nothing but suing Matt Bevin constantly because he happens to be a Republican governor versus doing his job and getting this stuff under control. And what has he done? He has sued Matt Bevin to save the pension fund as it is and protect yeah. the status quo yeah. so that him and his daddy's buddies well. don't go to jail. Absolutely. And well, now Andy Bashir yeah. is out there. Now well, Andy Bashir is out there trying to act like he's doing something else. But go ahead. I'll get that in a second. That's why go I, ahead. And I was going to say, that's why I think Rocky Atkins is going to win. I think, I think he's got enough going. He doesn't at least have those two miserable, you know, right. records to run on. He, right. he is what he is. He's a long, long-standing Democrat in leadership position. But mm-hmm. he doesn't have to completely own it like these two goofballs do. And, uh, you know, and then, of course, there's the other Democrat. Yeah. Greg Stumbo running for attorney general again. Seriously? Once absolutely. Again, absolutely. Here's the you, let me get let me get this straight. You were the AG when all these hedge funds and these you know, Bernie Fletcher and, and everything was Eddie's. everything was yep. the pension was being pilfered and you did what? Oh, you spent his whole four years going board. after Ernie Fletcher. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and now you want the AG jobs back? Uh, next. Well, that's <laughs> it's it. Like no, that's I'm it. Sorry, you you know once again you you were you were on the party bus that wrecked the pension. You don't get you don't get back on. So no that's thanks, it. Greg. You're an idiot. Yeah. That's exactly it. I don't even care to get into his personal life and stuff. Oh yeah. No, you were you were a part of the cabal that. Oversaw the well, wrecking of the pension. You were part of the. You were the attorney general while we were the most corrupt state in the union, and you right, didn't do right. dick. And now that's you want to be the AG again. Pass. Yeah. But that's why the Democrats continue keeping the attorney general's office because if you get a Republican oh, in there, yeah. all this shit's going to clean up. It's going to clean up. You're going to and, and that and <laughs> absolutely, and that's exactly what we have to have. You know, we have to have that. We've got to have these people held accountable and put in jail. And he should have been in jail for the money he took from Tim Longmire. He knew about that. He can lie all he wants to, but he knew where that fucking money was coming from. There's no doubt about it, at least in my mind anyway. Uh, you know, but instead, little Andy wants to follow the role of Jack Conway, the other failed attorney general. Jack Conway, of course, spent his whole time going after gas stations for these so-called inflated gas prices, Right. Uh, that's what he spent all his time for. His only claim to fame he had during his whole term as attorney general was suing gas stations, trying to get some free money. Well, now Andy Bashir is taking it to the next level. LG&E has decided that they want to go ahead and raise the minimum charge for anybody who connects to LG&E service. Now, we've got a monopoly here. You have to use LG&E, right? 
We don't have any choice. Uh, we don't have a competing person for energy here. So you have to use lg and &E. So they've got a monopoly, but now they want to force utility customers to spend more money on basic service charges. Essentially what you have, folks, is you pay about $28.60 a month right now as a flat fee to lg and &E for electric. Then, of course, you pay about a kilowatt hour and all the other stuff, pounds and all the cubic feet and all that of natural gas or electric or both, if you have both. I do. All right. And that, that creates your bill. Well, now lg and &E, because gas prices are finally dropping a little bit, people are getting a little break in their wallet lately. Now, all of a sudden, lg and &E wants to go ahead and raise your basic price, which will never be lowered again, up to about $35.91. Now, it don't sound like a whole lot of money. I get that. I get that. But it is when gas prices go back up, natural gas prices will go back up. So will the cost of electric. You know, but this is what they do. They put this stuff into this. Now they're not going to, they haven't raised the rates on the gas or the electric usage, but they want to raise the minimum charge or the base rate. Well, Andy Bashir is out there screaming about this and acting like it's one of the worst things in the world. Andy Bashir is going to sit here and fight this because this is unfair to poor people and everything else. Not that it's unfair to everybody. It's unfair to poor people, so that's what they're going to use as the excuse to fight this. It's unfair to everybody. Poor people aren't paying that anyway. Government agencies and other people are. This is the problem. So he wants to pretend like he's doing something by going after gas prices, although this time it's natural gas, right? And he's trying to make this an issue. And I'm just laughing because it's the same old thing that these Democrat attorney generals continue doing time and time again. They don't do anything to fix anything. Make LG&E live within their means. Make MSD live within their means. Has anybody looked at their MSD bill? How much of that is fixed-rate cost from MSD, including this so-called percent-rate cost? Nobody's ever looked at that. Why? Because MSD yeah. is bought and paid for by the Democratic mafia and appointed by Greg Fisher and a Democratic mayor. So they don't look at that. It's the same damn situation. Why are you people going after LG&E instead of going after MSD as well and making them part of the Public Service Commission and forcing them to be accountable and then holding the likes of Daryl Owens and his clonies in the daggone house accountable for the bullshit that they're getting away with? Go ahead, Ed. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to say, I, and I've said it time and time and time again about Matt Bevan, is you know, especially since the Republicans sort of belly went belly up on this, their attempt to to get the uh, uh, the pension fixed in a special session, and said, "No, we're pouting, we're out." I I see that, and I think I know how I would act. You know, let's let's like I said, Matt Bevan is a very successful businessman. <laughs> he's got he's got his money, and he has a large family, mostly adopted, I believe, and. I, I swear, if I was Matt Bevan, after this last round, I would stall for a little bit, and then I would just, it's like the old tug of war, you know, it's like, you know, it's like pisses you off enough, you just let go of the rope and watch the other guy fall. That's what I'd do. Right. If I was Matt Bevan, I would just say, you know what, I've given it a lot of thought, my kids are still young, I want to spend some time with my family, I'm financially secure, I'm out of here. <laughs> and look at you know, and on your way out, say Andy Bashir, uh, Adam Elon, Rocky Atkins, this go forth guy or whoever says, you know what, whichever one of you wins, I wish you all the luck in the world. I'm out. Right. You know, I, I, I gave it my best shot. 
kiss my ass on the way out. That's what I did. Well, you know, it's like oh, I absolutely. I, I, don't, I haven't heard any solutions out of anybody. You know, Andy Bashir, let's put casinos in and then, you know, whatever, sell marijuana. It's like, okay, do you know what the average take on a casino is? And in order to make the billions and billions, you know, the billion dollars that you think it needs, Kentuckians are going to have to lose about three or four billion dollars, you know. Right. So we're going to, you know, these guys they don't even understand basic math. So I mean, that's the point of my frustration right now. Is I've met Bevan, I've talked with Bevan, I've watched Bevan shut down these Tea Party types before in private discussion. He knows his right. shit. And right now, just, that's a problem that comes with knowing your shit, so to speak. Oh, I, I agree. I agree. Has, I don't. I don't know. I don't know how he has the patience he's got because if I know my shit and somebody is over here trying to talk bullshit and trying to, you know, and I'm done. You know what? I'm, I've always tell people at work, I'm the guy that will give you enough rope to hang yourself. If you insist on being bullheaded, I'll say go, do it. Right. And then when it doesn't work, then then you know, you'll learn. That's where I would be if I was Bevin. I We talk about the elections. I, I in. Part of me sincerely hopes that Matt Bevin just says, I'm out. Says, I want right. the man to have peace. He gave it a game shot. He, he came in. He was an aggressive pitch man. He was an aggressive, aggressive, whether you agree with how he did it or not, he was aggressive about addressing the biggest problem in the state. And he got shut down. So at that point, I said, you know what? I did everything I could. Obviously, the system is so broken that I'm just going to have to sit back. We're all going to have to sit back. See if these other clowns right. can come up with something, and if it burns, and later on down the road you decide you want to revisit it with me, you know, call me. I might answer. Who knows? Well, just, well, here's something fascinating about this whole argument too, and there's a reason I brought this story up because I find this laughable at best. LG&E consultant William Stephen Seeley filed a document with the PSC in September for this thing, right? And he pointed out as one of the problems, one of the reasons that they have to have this is. Solar generating customers don't pay their fair share because solar generated customers who have all these solar panels and everything else, all right, aren't using electric most of the time. Occasionally, when there's no sun for an extended period of time, when there's no sun for an extended period of time, then they have to use the LGNE services, right, that they are paying for, right? They're paying the same basic fee we are every month, even though they're not using it those months that they have sun, <laughs> right? So they're not using it those months. So they're saving all kinds of money for LG&E as well, because LG&E likes to say how much it costs them to provide electric. So these guys are using solar panels, the whole green energy, save the climate crap that Adam Eadle is talking about. And that's a problem for LG&E because they're not collecting the, the kilowatt hours usage that they're not having to provide anyway. Uh, because solar panel people are, are, are bothering them. So, you know, they're, what, they're, they're what, taking advantage of services even though they don't I, use any energy. I'm serious. I'm serious. What, <laughs> what percentage of the customer base does that make up anyway? One, one one hundredth of a percent? I it's amazing. They don't even tell us that. I drive 30 miles to work. I've only seen right. one house with a couple panels on it. Where, where are all these solar panels, you know? Like, I'm sorry, I don't think they're in Portland. I don't think they're in Shawnee. I sure as hell don't see them, you know. I'll, I, where are all these solar all right. panels? Now, and, and, and according to lg oh, yeah, and according to lg and Susan Collins, uh, you know, the fixed costs are not to dis- meant to discourage residential solar projects because we're, we're seeking renewable energy throughout our system, including solar, Right. 
So LG&E tells you they're looking for solar. These guys are actually using solar. They're paying a monthly fee to LG&E, whether they have any usage or not, just like the rest of us are doing, right? But because they have solar panels, they're not using enough uh, natural gas or kilowatt hours. So we're going to make everybody pay to offset the solar panels. Then why the hell are you promoting solar renewable energy if it's not daggone, you know, cost effective? <laughs> why are you promoting that crap? You know, again, again it's another. I, again, I look at it, I look at it. Think how many solar customers are we talking about? How many oh kilowatts? God. I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say a megawatt. I, right. I don't That's know. why you still I'd love yourself. to know. Yeah. It's like how many how many how many megawatts are we producing here, you know? And it, is well, it, it is it that big? I mean, I'm sorry, I don't think right. PRP is covered in solar panels. I I'm I don't just I don't see them. And uh you know, if LG just, just it just shows you it shows you that the, that the inmates are running the prison because it's if there was a grudge, if there was a grudge, then if you don't I have heard people that, using gas, then they would then they would come look for me because well, you know it. people like me can generate enough heat burning dead well, trees. Well, really, it's I'm hilarious. Really not using, yeah. No, but it's hilarious. You know, we want everybody to use solar energy, so we can put electric out of business. You guys are using solar energy, and we're losing our business, so we want to charge you more. I mean, yeah. seriously, the, 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 the idiocy of the liberal left is beyond me. Adam Edlin and Gil Holland together ought to be a hell of a show to watch. Both of those guys know how to blow smoke up a daggone, you know, Indian's ass, you know. Um, they know how to do all that shit. But it's going to be interesting. And I don't care if anybody thinks that's politically correct, honestly. But, you know, I mean, it, it's, just, it's just phenomenal to me. It's just phenomenal to me. So yeah. this is what we yeah. contend with. But at the end of the day, we are way over time. I apologize for going late without warning you guys. I just couldn't help myself. No. Mr. Martin, final no, thought. I, I, have a clock, I have a clock nearby, and I've been around long enough to know how to read it, damn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, final know, thoughts, man. I know you're I, running late. Go ahead. Yeah, final thoughts. Uh, when, it, when it comes, uh, I'll get mostly to the uh, to the, the governor's race and those who would, you know, and any, anybody filing for offices. I, in this case, I'm just gonna tell people do your homework. You know, Adam Elon, uh, I, I don't get his game once again. Uh, look at who these people are. Look at look at look at the biggest problems the state has had. Look at and decide that were these people in positions of power? Were these people are their hands dirty from the existing problems we have? Because right now we are, it's you know, hell, it's kind of nice. You know, hey, the state's recycling. We're recycling. You know, we're trying to recycle a. An AG and a governor were trying to recycle a, a former uh, auditor that completely missed the pension meltdown, and he wants we're going to recycle him into a governor, full on recycling a former AG that wants to be an AG again who completely missed everything that happened. Uh, you know, are they? Is people just get prepared, be cynical, because uh, I'll tell you this right here, right now, if they don't recognize me and I'm amongst them, I'm going to. I may very well walk up to somebody and say, "Hey, weren't you the AG when the when the pension just basically sank? You didn't do shit about it. And now you want to vote? <laughs> it's like choose your words carefully because I might be recording." <laughs> but yeah, oh, wow. stay cynical and get prepared. That's the nice thing about politics is all the people have to declare well ahead of time before they start raising enough money to baffle you with bullshit. Try to get their stories and challenge them on it. You know what? They work for you. 
Well, I, you know, I agree with a lot of that. You know, it, it's so fascinating to me that, that we continue. Here it is, 2019. I mean, seriously, you think about that. We've been doing this stuff for so many years now, yet I've lost count. Um, you know, but, but it's amazing to me because I tell you, when we, when we look at everything going on in the world today, you know, no matter how much things change, they still remain the same. And the same thing in all of that logic is politicians are politicians. You know, we're still fighting the same old arguments. The border wall was approved by every president since Ronald Reagan. The border wall was approved in every administration, including Bill Clinton and Barack Hussein Obama. The Democrats voted for the border wall less than five years ago when they did not have control. They voted in lockstep unanimously to fund the border wall. It was like $25 billion then. Now Trump wants $5 billion less than five years later, and they're screaming foul. We can't do that. We can give $53 million, $53 billion, you know, in foreign aid, um, the majority of which is going to Honduras and Guatemala, the two places who continue sending MS-13 gang members and other people trying to illegally cross our border, the same two places who are moving drugs through Mexico trying to cross our border. So they don't mind taking care of gang members, drugs, thugs, and slugs, you know, because the Republicans had the power, they couldn't follow through with what they said they wanted to do. So for at least 20 years, the border wall has been approved, funding has been approved, but nobody ever did anything about it. Donald Trump is. So we had the same old dog and pony show with the Democrats. The Republicans, on the other hand, they have proven time and time again that they don't know how to lead. And that's what's messing up both sides right now. Whether you like Donald Trump, love Donald Trump, or hate Donald Trump, I personally love the guy. I've got to be honest about that. Whether you like him or not, he is the alpha male leader. And for for, for what it's worth, we've needed that in this country for a long time. I've never seen anybody with the the charisma, and I don't give a shit attitude, that Donald Trump brings to the presidency. For all the people who are out there saying that the world hates us, the, the news media is lying their ass off. The world loves us. You want proof of that? Mexico is now going to build a border wall. Mexico, the same people who said they weren't worried about a border wall, are now going to build a border wall to protect them from Guatemala and Honduras. They're sick of it. They're scared of Trump. So he's been effective. You look at what happened with North Korea. You look at what's happened with China. We're selling rice to China, folks, for the first time in our history. An Asian staple. China knows more about growing and and, and eating rice than we in America ever will. And China has now agreed to buy rice from the United States as part of this ongoing trade negotiation. That's incredible. All of these things add up. That's what an alpha leader does for you. And that's what we have to have. Now we've got Pocahontas saying she wants to run for president. We've got Joe Biden, everybody's favorite pedophile, running for president. All these other people are going to go out here running for president on the Democratic side. And it's the truth. It's the truth. It's disgusting. We have lowered our standards so much that those people who would normally be in jail or hiding in their houses for fear of getting caught with the disgusting crap that they do now think that they're qualified to be president. I'm waiting for Alexandria you know, Cortez so now she's going to run for president. Of course, she's only 29, and the Constitution says you've got to be a minimum age of 35. But I don't think she's smart enough to know that yet. All right? She's dumb as rocks. This is the quality of people we're elected to Congress. The Republicans are scared of Trump because he's going to do the same thing to them that he's done to the Democrats. He's going to hold them accountable. 
People want to sit there and say, well, Trump lies all the time. I'm sorry, folks. Get your head out of your ass. Every politician lies. They always do. I could care less about the rhetoric. I care about the results. Nancy Pelosi now says that she has equal power to the President of the United States. That's about the dumbest thing I've ever heard out of somebody. Well, not really. I've heard a lot worse. But, you know, Nancy Pelosi actually lives in such a delusional world that she thinks she is the de facto President of the United States. Nancy Pelosi, i got news for you. This country has three equal branches of government. One is the executive, which is Donald Trump. One is the judicial, which is the Supreme Court. One is the legislative, which encompasses all of Congress, not the Speaker of the House. You're the most insignificant part of this whole equation in the world. I don't even know where to begin to try to tell you how it's supposed to be in America. But see, that's the thing, isn't it? While Nancy Pelosi is out there screaming and whining about how racist it is to keep illegal immigrants out of America, she doesn't even understand what her damn role is in the Congress. And how long has she been there? That's what destroys me. That's what pisses me off. And that's why I like Donald Trump. If Donald Trump wants to declare emergency border tomorrow and build a wall, do it. Every president has tried to take, take advantage or call something an emergency that was not and do through executive order what the Congress refuses to do. For those of you who have a short memory, a year ago, when, well, almost two years ago, I guess, when Donald Trump took office, he begged Congress more than once to come up with an immigration policy, to come up with something that would fix all the problems we have with illegals coming into the country, with the DACA recipients, everything. He begged Congress more than once to do their job and give him a bill that he could sign. Neither side, the House or the Senate, under Republican control, I might add, could get that done. Now, the Senate, it's a little bit harder because you have to have the 60-vote threshold, and they didn't have 60 votes. They still don't. But the reality is this president has begged Congress to do the job, and they have not. The reality is this country right now is running on all eight cylinders, folks. That's unheard of. The reality is states like Kentucky, or Commonwealth, I should say, for those who really want to get technical, have lower unemployment than we've had in almost 20 years in every county. This is what gets done when you put an alpha leader in charge and they lead by example and Katie bar the door. This is like walking into a bar fight knowing you're the biggest, baddest son of a bitch in there and taking on all comers. For that, I'm thankful for Donald Trump. And for that, I'm thankful for Matt Bevan on a much smaller scale. He doesn't have even the charisma of Donald Trump. But the son of a buck is making Kentucky run on all eight cylinders, and I'm grateful for that. So Adam Edelin... Andy Bashir, you guys want to play the Hatfield McCoy Bashir bullshit? Y'all always play. That's fine with me. I don't care. Bring it on. You know, you want to throw in Rocky, you want to throw in Jeff Young, great. But quite frankly, the Democrats have nothing to offer because, as always, it comes down to one simple thing it's the economy, stupid. And be honest with you, people are finally waking up on mass numbers. And for that, I'm grateful. Forget the news media. On a personal note, Deidre Megadote and her family. A tragic thing that happened. I apologize if I didn't word things at the beginning of this show the way that I should have. But for her nine-year-old son, I just want you to know the world was thankful to have her in it. She died being heroic. And as much as it would be hard for you for Christmas for the rest of your life, understand that your mom was a hero. And this community stood behind you and your family and did the best yep. that we could. And to this community, I'm very grateful for the outpouring of love and support in this situation. It's been a long time coming. 
That's it for tonight, folks. We appreciate you being here. We'll be back next week, as usual, at 7 o'clock on Monday night. Mr. Martin, thank you very much. Yes, sir. Mr. Yep. Mr. McAdam, Mayo, we appreciate the phone calls. With that, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening. Hope to see you next week. Take care. God bless. I know that you're afraid. You're afraid of us. You're afraid of change. I don't know the future. I didn't come here to tell you how this is going to end. I came here to tell you how it's going to begin. I'm going to hang up this phone, and then I'm going to show these people what you don't want them to see. I'm going to show them a world without you.